God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. You know, I was watching this uh, post, and it's in Europe, and they're in Celsius. Um, But they were talking about in uh, 2017, and this was uh, June 21st, 2017, um, where the temperatures were about... I don't know, four or five degrees lower or higher, higher than they are now throughout Europe. And all of a sudden today, you know, with with cooler temperatures than they were in 2017. They're having all these fires and you just have to wonder, like, what's going on? We're at war with ourselves we're at war with ourselves, and the people that uh, we're at war with are the people that we actually pay taxes to. You know, they've they've aligned themselves with big corporations and donors and getting rich quick. It's become a sort of a gimmick, you know, to win a congressional seat is almost a guarantee that you're going to hit the lottery. Speaking of lottery, mega millions. So it's going to reach a billion dollars, apparently. And uh, there was a, uh, a store, a, a restaurant, I think it was, or, yeah, I think it was a fast food restaurant. And they bought 50,000 tickets, and they still didn't win. But the odds of winning a mega million, the odds of winning a mega million are pretty doggone good if you want to win a million, if you want to win a billion, not as good. So they're saying that if you get five uh, numbers right out of the six, if you get the five numbers right, if you get five numbers right, instead of six and then the Powerball, and I don't even no, that's not a Powerball. Mega Millions is different. I, I don't play it. Uh, the odds are way out of whack for me. 
I mean, a guy can buy 50,000 numbers, $50,000, and still lose? You know, and I pretty much thought that was going to be the case. But um, but if you win five numbers, now if you were to take your calculator out, and I'm not a mathematician, but if you were to take your calculator out and look at the odds to win five numbers, and you say, well, if you win five numbers, you, you win a million dollars. Well, that's actually where where it becomes actually better value. And uh, maybe if you win four, you're going to get $200,000 or something. I don't know. But uh, to get the smaller money, it's still big money when you have a pot that's over a billion dollars, which it's planning on, you know, that, that's what they're looking at. Wouldn't that be nice, huh? You know, the thing is about playing the lottery, it's always fun to think about what you would do with the money. You know, I always found that to be fun. But the climate change is a hoax and a business to make rich people richer. Germany, 2017 versus Germany, 2022. All fire and brimstone. Uh, wake up, everybody, everyone. Please be, uh, please before it's too late. Is what the poster said. So it's kind of interesting, though. You know, uh, it's good that we have all this archived data. You know, like we can go back and see what people have said. One day from the next, you know, it's nice to have that luxury because too often people are saying things that uh, don't make a lot of sense. Take Fauci, for example. Fauci. Fauci said that he never called for lockdowns and then all of a sudden Fauci called for lockdowns. And we're going to go ahead and play this clip. It's pretty good. Um, it's basically where Fauci says one thing, then he says another. And then we're going to play um, play a Kamala Harris clip that was very, very funny. Let's take a listen to this. All right. So this is Fauci being asked the question about you know lockdown. He said, well, I've never supported lo- any lockdowns. Any lockdowns of any kind. And then in 2020, he supported all kinds of lockdowns. I wonder if you would recommend locking down schools if you had to do it all over again. Well, you know, again, it's uh, first of all, I didn't recommend locking anything down. You're, you're, anything. you're asking me questions. You're talking about the CDC is the public health agency uh-huh. that uses their epidemiologists and their science-based approach to make recommendations it was a decision to make a recommendation to the president it wasn't my decision that i could implement and when it became clear that when we had um community spread in the country with a few cases of community spread this was way before there was a major explosion like we saw in the northeastern corridor driven by new york city metropolitan area i recommended to the president that we shut the country down. Shut it down. I wonder if shut you it all, Shut it all down, right? Um, it's just bizarre. It's absolutely bizarre. And here's the thing, too, is um, he also said something to the effect 
in this one clip I played, I think it was yesterday. I'm going to see if I can play it again just to remind you. I wasn't planning on playing this one. I was going to play the the counter to it. Um, but this clip uh, is an older one from with regard to AIDS, and he was warning that you don't want to you know give people untested uh, vaccines for fear that you know there might be repercussions once it gets out into you know a small group, sure, but a bigger group. No, you can't. You can't put that out. You're going to have a major catastrophe on your hands, right? So they were all worried about that. And um, well, I can't find the older clip, but I'm going to go ahead and just play the newer, newer clip. Um, I think that stand up against no, that's uh, Kamala Harris. Okay, so here we go. All right, so we're going to go ahead and play this clip. Now, he had already said with regard to the AIDS vaccine that you don't you, you want to limit what you put out there. You want to be careful about what you want to put out there. Um, and oh, right here is, is Fauci saying he wants more stringent. He would have go- gone for more stringent. Restrictions. We know now this is recent two and a half years later that anywhere from 50 to 60 percent of the transmission occur from someone without symptoms, either someone who never will get symptoms or someone who is in the pre-symptomatic stage. Had we known that then, the insidious nature of spread in the community would have been much more of an alarm and there would have been much, much more stringent uh, restrictions in the sense of very, very heavy encouraging people to wear masks, physical distancing or what have you. We know now. Oh, well, you know, um, Deborah Burke's already pretty much debunked a lot of that. And uh, and here it is. Americans should wear masks in schools, places of work, and any place that brings people together in a close environment. Strongly that you wear a zone or a, or a, or a county, a state, or a city that has a very high level of dynamic of viral circulation, the CDC would recommend strongly that you wear a mask in a congregate indoor setting. And that would include schools, places of work, uh, anything that brings people together in a closed uh, environment. That is good public health. Good public health. Lock everything down. We saw how that worked, right? Um. And then here we have we have the latest Fauci. So uh, this Fauci right here, this is with Brett Baer. Tucker, Tucker Carlson brings out the issue of menstrual changes. So let's take a listen to this. Um, menstruating cycles and how that is affected by vaccines. Yeah, though, well, the menstrual thing uh, is, is something that seems to be quite transient and, and temporary. That's the point. That's one of the points. We need to study it more. Oh, we need to study it more. <laughs> we need to study it more. It's just like human fertility, reproducing the species, the most important event in most people's lives. We need to study it more. Oh, but it's too late. We just forced millions of women to take that drug. Sorry. 
So how did they release a vaccine and then make it mandatory when they didn't understand the long-term effects of the drug? That's a very good question. Here's Deborah Burks. She's the former White House COVID response director, again on Fox News. I knew these vaccines were not going to protect against infection, and I think we overplayed the vaccines, and it made people then worry that it's not going to protect against severe disease and hospitalization. It will, but let's be very clear. 50% of the people who died from the Omicron surge were older, vaccinated. <laughs> what? Stop the pre- Quote, I knew these vaccines were not going to protect against infection. Really, Deborah Burks. But somehow you forgot to mention that as people were being fired from their jobs for not taking this on the premise that if they took it, they would never be infected. When do you get criminally charged? Soon, we hope. And then there's the effect of the COVID vaccines on the elderly, the population most at risk. According to The Lancet, no less than vaccinated people around Joe Biden's age are 80% more likely to become sick after taking the COVID shot as compared to unvaccinated people. Wait, what? 80% more likely to become sick after taking the shot that was supposed to prevent them from getting sick? How is this not the banner headline? It's being ignored. And then we got this. Um, Right here. This is over at uh, the National Pulse. 40% of women with the COVID vaccine have reported significant effects on their periods. That's another one. That's just yet another one. And there's just so much more. But this, this is being pushed in the name of globalism. Because this is also laundering money. Just like in Ukraine, Zelensky is doing Vogue photo shoots. And he's connected with all these oligarchs. But you know what's interesting about what's going on in Ukraine? This is really interesting, folks. All right. So um, let's see. All right. So, yeah, I was just looking at a couple of different things here. A lot of things flashing up on my screen. Uh, Let's just play this clip before we move on to the Ukraine real quick. All right. Hang on. A number of studies. New York Times just did one about um, menstruating cycles and how that is affected by vaccines. Yeah, though. Well, the menstrual thing uh, is is something that seems to be quite transient and and temporary. That's the point. That's one of the points. We need to study it more. We need to study it more. We need to study it more. Yeah, we need to study it more. Okay. thank you. We should have done that first. Measure twice, cut once. That's what, that's what I've heard. I've heard that. Um, but the Ukraine thing is kind of interesting. And then we're going to get in. We have a story to tell you today about Milley's involvement, General Milley's involvement in J6. This is the same General Milley that notified his Chinese counterparts of Trump's movements. And Trump's decision-making. Basically, Trump said everything's on the table. And Milley put China at ease and said, no, 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 no. Nothing. uh, We control the the button. Nothing's going to happen to you. Trust me. I'm, I'm I'm in charge. General Milley said that. 
you know, the guy that wants to understand more, he's white and he wants to understand more about white privilege. He's the one that actually endorsed transvestite sex changes in the military and you, the taxpayer, can pay for them so we can recruit more trans into the military. I mean, this is a General Milley Unbelievable. Where did this guy get his education? West Point? I mean, it's absolutely absurd that this is what's become of our military. That he was directly involved with January 6th. And he committed an act of treason and also insubordination to the commander-in-chief, which was President Trump at the time. We'll get there. We'll get there. But there's also a lot more going on with this Ukraine thing. And people aren't talking about it. It says here, Vladimir Zelensky has stripped several of the country's most prominent people of Ukrainian citizenship, including the oligarchs Corbyn and Kolomoisky. Who's Kolomoisky? Kolomoisky was the guy that made Zelensky. As well as the country's former president, Pornchenko, an ex-head of the SBU, Bankanov. Well, Pornchenko was the guy that was strong-armed by Joe Biden, saying, if you don't fire Viktor Shokin, you can kiss that billion dollars goodbye. Pornchenko was the leader then. So Pornchenko fired Viktor Shokin, and Rudy Giuliani was interviewing Viktor Shokin, and had there's interviews archived online. And you can hear and see, and, and Giuliani, I think, was telling the truth when he said, you know, he's been to Viktor Shokin's house. He's not driving around in any fancy Mercedes or something like that. He's not living high on the hog. He's living a very... Very simple life. Nothing fancy. He wasn't getting paid off by anybody. And he was investigating Burisma, which was the company that was paying off the Biden family, crime family. Okay, and so, you know, Hunter Biden was bringing in about $83,000 a month, giving 10% to the big guy, Joe Biden. And Joe was committing treason and a violation of the Logan Act, too, just like John Kerry was. John Kerry was meddling with Zarif, the foreign minister over in Iran, to say, just hold on, the JCPOA, we're going to rig the, rig the election, we're going to um, impeach President Trump, and we're going to restore this JCPOA. Just sit tight. Give us a little bit of time. We'll figure this out. And he met with a whole bunch of Iranians in Paris and stuff like that. So that was John Kerry meddling with our, JC, our, our, our Middle East policy. Lindsey Graham was also meddling with the Sir, Syrian policy. And Lindsey Graham was kissing the butt talks of Joe Biden, saying that Joe Biden was one of the best men God ever created. Joe Biden. And that John Kerry and Lindsey Graham and John McCain and John and Joe Biden were all 
best buddies. And they were meddling around with the Syrian politics, the JCPOA and the Iranian politics, the climate initiatives related to the Paris Agreement. They were a they were supportive of the Palestinians. They were supportive of the Iranians. Both hate America. And they hate Israel. And then you have the Ukraine influence. And Ukraine is the laundering mechanism going through Montenegro and down through uh, the, the Baltic states and through Cyprus and into Syria. And there was a lot of conduits. Turkey and Erdogan were cooperating. They were overthrowing Egypt. They got rid of Mubarak. They tried to install Muslim Brotherhood leader in Morsi. And then al-Sisi prevailed. And they didn't acknowledge al-Sisi because al-Sisi wasn't part of their plan. Al-Sisi actually cared about Egypt in a way that a nationalist would care about their own country. They overthrew Gaddafi in Libya and installed Benghazi, a mission to run guns out of Libya and through Africa and run a pipeline through Libya without the toll being collected by Gaddafi and without the lack of... Gaddafi wasn't very cooperative with what was going on in the Middle East. So they just killed him, took all of his gold, took all of his weapons, took all of his assets, and redistributed them to ISIS forces who were destabilizing Syria, creating a refugee crisis, which was great for slave labor in Germany. I mean, it's all connected, folks. We're talking about the four currencies on the black market. Oil, drugs, human trafficking, and weapons. Right? We'll give you the weapons, you give us the oil, you give you the and we'll turn that into cash. We'll turn that into money because people are buying oil today. And guess what? People are buying drugs. The drug cartels, especially along the open border right now, these cartels are getting in, raking in the money from all over the place and redistributing populations and destabilizing countries. This is what the globalists are doing. This is a world war. And Putin is right to be afraid of the globalists. And Putin, just say what you will about Putin, but don't ever ask the question, did he feel threatened? And did he act upon, uh, did he take actions that he thought were best for Russia? That may not be best for the America or, or the United States. It may not be. And I'm not a big Putin supporter, but I I... If you were to give me a choice as to who I would want in my foxhole today, it would not be Zelensky. Let's put it that way. And there, what's going on in Ukraine is just laundering 101. They are laundering money hand over fist. They're paying off oligarchs. But this, this new development... Now listen to this really quick. This is this will this will I think kind of uh help you help crystallize the point that I want to make. And this is written by uh a Ukrainian dude, a politician blogger in Ukraine. I can't even say the name because it's 
It's crazy. But he says this, Zelensky stripped his oligarch daddy, Kolomoisky, of citizenship in order to help him avoid the list of Ukrainian oligarchs under the law on oligarchs. Saved the dad. So basically what this is, and I'll tell you here in a second, and here there's a photo shoot uh a Vogue photo shoot, Zelensky wartime Vogue photo shoot, because this is the new normal now. What a big con. This is another poster. There's a picture of Vogue. Shame on Vogue. Then they had the concerts, you know, Five for Fighting was playing in a concert. And they were just playing. A, I just saw another concert in uh, the Donbass region. region. I, I was floored. By the fact that I saw this, I was like, they're, they're, they're stable. They could have a concert where tens of thousands of people were show, showed up and were rocking it in a concert. I just thought, wow, that, that is a set of priorities I just don't understand. And they're, they're doing it all in the, all in the uh, efforts of fundraising. You know, it's all about packaging. You know, he's over there. He's on all these different uh, he's on all these different American shows. It's all about getting money. It's getting about it's about getting rich. They're exploiting this crisis for profit. But what's interesting about this is. Is this he is the poster face and Ukraine is the poster place for the war on global war uh, of globalism against say nationalism where countries have an identity and where countries can serve uh, compete with each other in a way that best serves their country and that's how the best deals get made on the global market in my opinion and trump really did a great job in that and and he saw one thing about Trump, Trump saw that America had so much untapped leverage and untapped power. He was used to doing business in a very liberal city like New York City or even Atlantic City, a very corrupt city run by the mob, or you know, even in uh, West Palm Beach, which tends to lean liberal, right? Uh, at least Fort Lauderdale does. Uh, you know, Broward County does. Um, but, you know, you got this thing where he saw untapped potential and he realized just cut out all these globalist multilateral deals where America seems to be the linchpin to every one of these deals being made because it makes everybody else rich. It's a redistribution of wealth on steroids. So. He got out of those multilateral deals and he forged new bilateral deals and they were more profitable and better for America. Phase one, phase two with China. But then what happened was governors like Governor Kemp in uh, Georgia and other governors like Ducey in Arizona and elsewhere, I think sold out America and did back deals with China to help alleviate the pain 
that China was experiencing by Trump's tough love. And so, therefore, they, um, you know, sort of like if if you want, you know, a, a leaky valve, you know, it wasn't going to burst. So China was able to still maintain, not to mention the fact that then they released COVID. And they were working with folks like General Milley at the top brass of the Pentagon, who was also co- co- colluding with CIA and FBI and Dr. Fauci and CDC and the WHO. I mean, let's face it, back in World War II when we needed an atomic bomb, we tapped into a very liberal scientist named Einstein. And he helped develop the atom bomb that he was opposed to. Einstein was opposed to the atom bomb, the use of it. But he invented it, or he helped invent it. He was instrumental in it up in Princeton where his brain still sits in a jar. And the thing is, is that um, Fauci, he, there's no one that knows more about the bureaucracies associated with the WHO, the CDC, the NIH, and the uh, Health and Human Services. And nobody understands more about these things than Dr. Fauci. But Dr. Fauci acts like he's learning every day. He doesn't know crap. He doesn't know anything, it seems like. He's just figuring all this stuff out for the first time. He's been doing it for 50 years. Coronavirus is written on the back of of, uh, Lysol. Lysol is known to kill coronavirus. It's been known for half a century. People have known about coronavirus. Dr. Fauci knows all too well about these things. He keeps making mistakes. It's sort of like Joe Biden and his foreign policy. 50 years in Congress, 50 years as a senator, and he can't figure out foreign policy to save his life. Neither can Lindsey Graham. They've never been right, ever. And yet we keep on tapping that well as if somehow they're going to miraculously do the right thing for America. No, they're doing the right thing. The reason why they keep making the mistakes isn't because they're stupid. It's because they're greedy. It's because they look at being a senator as a business, fleecing American taxpayers, come by hook or by crook. It doesn't matter what happens to you because they're the winners and you're the loser until we stop electing them. But every time we get a chance to get them out of office, like in 2020, when we wanted to get Lindsey Graham out of office, guess what? Lindsey Graham decided to work with the South Carolina GOP and not have a primary that year. So we couldn't primary him out. Now, I will say one nice thing about Lindsey Graham. You're going to be shocked that this is the case. You're going to be shocked, but this is in the last 24 hours. Lindsey Graham actually said something I could wholeheartedly agree with. And I couldn't believe it when I saw it. I thought he had totally flipped and turned coat. Because, you know, he's not going to have to be up for election for another four years at least. He's got six years as of 2020, right? But Senator Graham said this, Donald Trump took a broken military and he rebuilt it. 
He took a country that was dependent on foreign oil and made us energy independent. He took a border that was broken and made it the most secure in the history of our country. He made Mexico afraid of us. I actually think I know what's going on there. Well, he can't say anything. That's the truth. I mean, of course we know that's true. So he threw Trump, the Trump world a bone because I think not only does the Trump world can't stand Lindsey Graham, they hate him, right? But I think he would rather see Trump win in 2024 than, than oh, I mean, uh, I think he would probably rather see Biden win, frankly, but then he would rather see Trump get the nomination than DeSantis. And of course, no senator, no one with a, with a uh, career in politics is going to run against Donald Trump. It's only going to be the non-career politicians like Pence, like uh, Pompeo, uh, and uh, some other offshoots that are going to step up and run against. And I don't think DeSantis is going to run against Trump either. So I think Trump, he has the... He has the ticket. He has the golden ticket. And I think he can win. I don't think that Pence and Pompeo can come close. And the straw poll out in Turning Point USA, their event, I think it was in Arizona last week, um, indicates that, that Trump got 70-something percent of the primary vote. And I just think that um, if he gets DeSantis, they don't even have to compete or run in Florida anymore. They don't have to waste any dollars in Florida. They could focus every single thing that they can do in the Rust Belt. And the thing about it is DeSantis' wife is super smart. She makes Jill Biden look like uh, Kamala Harris. And Kamala Harris is about, according to Newt Gingrich, Kamala Harris is the dumbest person ever elected to be a vice president or nominated for a vice presidency. And that's, that's Newt Gingrich saying that. But let's take a listen to this you're not going to believe your you're not going to believe your ears senator graham again can't stand the guy but he said something he said this and this was right i think though he would rather trump win than desantis and let me just finish that sentence cuz i didn't finish it so that he could run in 2028 and i think that's what this could be about but that's so far away that you know why would he say this but he has to because he has to speak truth to power here. There's no other way you could spin it. The bottom line here is that Donald Trump took a broken military and he rebuilt it. He took a country that was dependent on foreign oil and made us energy independent. He took a, a border that was broken and it made it the most secure in the history of our country. He made Mexico afraid of us. He made China afraid of us. Why did Mexico help us? and remain in Mexico policy, because after Trump whacked China with my friend here, Mr. Lighthizer, the Mexicans believed if he'll do that to China, what the hell would he do to me? You know what's missing in the world? Not a damn person in the world is afraid of America. We need to instill fear in the bad guys and hope in the good guys. The bottom line... Well, that statement, he crystallized it and I like the part he said at the end, too. Nobody fears us. That's what they were walking all over us like we're a doormat. 
And it's because we have these woke policies run by, uh, funded, I should say, not run by, funded by people like George Soros, if not George Soros. But people like him, too. You know, these these radical ideas are just so out to lunch. I mean, the Democrat Party, what is that? What is that party? I mean, it's absolutely absurd. Take a listen to this, for example. This is literally the weirdest thing I think I've ever heard in politics. This is Kamala Harris. Okay. Now, there's a couple of different clips here. We're going to listen to this first one. She says, I am Kamala Harris. My pronouns are she and her, and I am a woman sitting at the table wearing a blue suit. This is what it's come to. This is how dumb, this is how moronically ignorant and stupid the Democrat Party has become. Everybody's sitting at a boardroom conference table with the American flag there and um, all the name tags, and this is an important meeting. And a bunch of goofballs, all women, are sitting there with masks on, including Kamala. It just looks so stupid. And then to hear them talk is even more ridiculous. Let's take a listen. Uh, Good afternoon. I want to welcome these leaders for coming in to have this very important discussion um, about some of the most pressing issues of our time. Um, I am Kamala Harris. My pronouns are she and her. I am a woman sitting at the table wearing a blue suit. And... um, It's just absolutely, absolutely ridiculous. Now, then another woman introduces herself, and this is what that sounds like. Uh, I'm a Latina with uh, blonde highlighted hair, and I'm wearing a gray blazer over a black shaped dress. And it just goes on like that. That's your taxpayers at work. By the way, Cambry writes, remember the fake arrest by AOC? A Soros group funded the whole staged event, speaking of Soros. And I love this meme Benny Johnson put out. He says, nailed it. Climate change, where the weather is always your fault, and the only solution is more communism. Think about that. Climate change, where the weather is always your fault, and the only solution is is more climate change. And then Paul Sperry, someone I've been following for years, he's followed the Russian hoax story better than anybody. Uh, Not better than Jeff Carlson, actually. Jeff Carlson probably did the best. But Paul Sperry did a great job, too. And um, he says, conflict? Peter Strzok's wife, and I remember this, Peter Strzok's wife was in the SEC. And... uh, Why they're still together is beyond me, you know, with the Lisa Page affair and everything. You know, Leonora was right. I think that she she coined that as a uh, fake relationship between Lisa Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. That basically, uh, and she did this on the radio, and I think she was right about this, where she said um, that that was a fake relationship to open up a chain of communications through. through systematic phone systems so that the whole conversation was coded language. It was coded. 
and that's how they were that's how they were communicating through government phone systems and then they wiped them all clean of course so you know that's what they do just like the hunter biden texts uh, or the j6 text yeah it was the j6 text they wiped all those clean too and just like you know jeffrey epstein you know they just killed him in jail and nobody's going to ask any questions right nobody's going to even investigate that you know but but if you're um ashley babbitt and you're shot by you know that bird dude um the bird man um and uh, you're not even going to have an investigation. You're not going to go to court. You're not going to have to defend yourself for shooting somebody at point-blank range. So Paul Sperry writes this, Conflict, Peter Strzok's wife, who is Biden, who is a Biden's associate, director of enforcement at SEC, is involved in SEC's investigation of Trump's truth social platform. Wow. The SEC recently, it wasn't, it wasn't first Elon Musk going after Truth Social, now it's the government, the SEC. The SEC recently issued subpoenas to Truth Social's parent company. Strzok, a known Trump hater, was fired from the FBI. Think about that. That's absolutely absurd. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> And then, you know, this is just something I posted. Uh, President Reagan reacts to a balloon popping during his speech in 1987. Let's take a listen. By its very existence and character, Berlin remains the most compelling argument for an open world. We're reminded of the many traditions of openness and democracy that have marked the history of this city. America missed me. His timing was so perfect on that. I just, they don't make politicians like that anymore, do they? All right, I want to I take a listen to a Donald Trump clip that I have for you. Um, this one's pretty good. And so we're going to take a listen to that. And uh, then I have a couple of other clips. Um, oh, first, the first one I'm going to play for you is uh, this is not Donald Trump but this is where are all the Nobel laureates that guaranteed Biden's agenda would decrease inflation and prevent a recession let's just take a listen to this pack of fraud pack of lies Nobel laureates no less got it all of them got it wrong sort of like the 17 intelligence agencies the 51 uh, intelligence officers uh, you know so on and so forth uh, 97% of the scientists. Uh, how about all the reporters that got Nobel uh, Pulitzer Prizes for the Russian hoax? You know, it's absolutely a rigged world, and it's all rigged for the left. And it's because liberals are biased. They have no ethics or morals. They don't have faith in their life. They're secular, and they're misguided. And the truth is, is that um, the conservative movement is the one that actually doesn't wish, does not, those are the people that do not wish Biden, you know, a death because he got COVID. But it's the other side, the one that they claimed is compassionate, 
wishes Trump would die when he got COVID or something like that. You know, it's this kind of absolute crazy behavior. Well, there's two clips I want to play before we get to the Trump's clip. Um, Art, Art, this guy named Art uh, says, uh, why is why is this woman so stupid? And this is, um, okay, this is uh, Whoopi Goldberg. You got to take a listen to this. All right. So she's talking about Joe Biden, a doctor. She should be the next deter- uh, surgeon general. Right. And then even the morons that are on her panel at The View had to remind her, well, she's a she's got a doctorate in teaching. She's not a medical doctor. And Dr. Jill becomes a surgeon general. His wife. Yeah. Joe Biden's wife. Because she, you know, she he would do. never do it. But she, it's, yeah, she's a hell of a doctor. She's an amazing doctor. I thought she was I a doctor like, in PhD. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't, I, don't, I, don't I could know. be wrong. Maybe I thought she was a teacher. Yeah, I think she's, she's oh. a teacher, but, you know. Dr. Jill. <laughs> they even had a corrector. You know, and I'm playing these clips like Kamala or this. That. People are playing clips, their own words. Their their own words are so far off of normal or reality that their own words are coming back to haunt them. Everything that, that every their actions are coming back to bite them. And you know why they're acting so moronically stupid? Because they can get away with it. Because the mainstream media just covers them. Nobody's asking any questions. Like she should have been pushed back and laughed at on stage. But instead, there is no consequence for her. They could so cavalierly just lie to you like we're about to hear right here. And then when you listen to the Trump speech, it's all truth. There's nothing you can actually critique about it because it's true. But let's first take a listen to this pack of lies about Nobel laureates that guaranteed that Biden's agenda would decrease inflation and prevent a recession. Let's take a listen. Today, 15 recipients of the Nobel Prize in Economics released a letter in support of the president's Build Back Better plan and his economic agenda to support the middle class, including four Nobel Prize Prize winners recently highlighted in an open letter, is to highlight the fact that it's not just us, but it is a range of economists, it's seven, uh, 17, excuse me, uh, Nobel laureates who have conveyed this will help address inflation. 13. 13, excuse me, 14 Nobel laureates in in economics said it'll actually bring down the cost, it will reduce the deficit, and it will totally paid for, and it's going to reduce inflation. I don't know it's been handed out today, but by the way, 15 Nobel laureates in economics released a letter yesterday. 17 Nobel Prize winners in economics have said, spontaneously wrote together, and 14 Nobel laureates in economics wrote to me telling me that it would also diminish the impact of inflation. The Nobel, 17 Nobel winners of the economics have written a letter just about three weeks ago to me affirming that this bill would ease long-term inflationary pressures. And this is from 15 Nobel laureates in economics. Quote, because this agenda, the one I'm talking about, mine, I told you about the impact of the 17 Nobel laureates saying it's going to decrease inflation, not increase it. Wow. Were they all wrong? How did they get to be so dumb? How could they be so educated and so dumb at the same time? Today, 15. 
You know, it's it's absolutely insane. Um, by the way, just nothing for nothing, but Swedish scientist says humans should become cannibals to fight climate change because eating human flesh is more sustainable than the meat industry. So the cult of liberalism won't rest until we're back in the dark ages. So um, we're going to go ahead and listen to this one clip and we're going to go ahead and take uh, this call. It says here, our country is now a cesspool of crime. We have blood, death and suffering on a scale once unthinkable because of the Democratic Party's efforts to destroy and dismantle law enforcement. Let's take a listen to Donald Trump. We're living in such a different country for one primary reason. There is no longer respect for the law, and there certainly is no order. Our country is now a cesspool of crime. We have blood, death, and suffering on a scale once unthinkable because of the Democrat Party's effort to destroy and dismantle law enforcement all throughout America. It has to stop, and it has to stop now. Absolutely. And uh, we have John from the Chicago area. John, welcome to the Scott Adams Show. Hey, Scott. How are you? Good Pretty morning. Good. You know, if you remember in, uh, in uh, 1984, truth would be whatever the party wanted it to be. And so if the truth was this today and that was convenient, great. If the opposite needed to be true tomorrow, everyone uh, that is in the government and I guess in the government media would swing in the opposite direction. And we've really reached that point. I mean, think about now how they're trying to change the definition of recession, right? Apparently, the technical definition is two straight quarters of negative GDP growth. And recently, over the weekend, the Biden administration is trying to say, well, that's that's technically, but not that's not really the true definition of recession. And now they're trying to preach a different uh, pre- pre- preach a different tune or preach to a different choir and say, well, it's not, that's not that, but that's not that's not a, a recession. And I'll, I'll bet you there's many people who swing around and, oh, yeah, it's not a recession anymore. We're just going to change the definition. So much of what goes on is just just semantics. language and window dressing. Semantics. Well, semantics. If you remember Cat in the Hot Tin Roof, Big Daddy, the titular head of the family, would talk about how he hated mendacity, mendacity, the dishonesty all around him. And that's what I sense now. You know, when you talk about the war effort, you know, the, the whole what was going on with Russia and Ukraine, we were kept on hearing about, oh, you know, the Russians were... They're, they're collapsing, they're this and this. And I was following this closely. It was complete garbage in the beginning. The Russians were winning from the beginning. They adjusted their plan, but they clearly were making, you know, they, they had a point for what they were doing. But all we heard was, you know, they're, they're going to collapse tomorrow. Their supply, remember the supply chain that was 40 miles? The reason right. why they waited, kept it 40 miles out is because they could, because nothing could touch them, and they were reorienting their plan away from a quick victory in Kiev. But you didn't hear anything about this. We have our generals who are all on board. You have, and you heard, and then you heard about the HIMAR systems are going to change it. Well, they're hitting those. They're taking those out. Then there was the other multiple launch. MLRS is going to take them out. The British system, which don't even, a lot of them don't even work. And so every one after another after another. And I, I was reading an article on this. One of the commenters said, here's what the West has. High-speed, laser-directed BS. That's really what we have because so much of what we have is, like a bunch of cheerleaders, the team's down by three touchdowns, and they're still cheering like mad if, you know, they get a sack. Because, well, you, see, you know, the guy who does a, a sack dance after he does a 10-yard sack, but his team's down, you know, 30 to nothing. Right. Um, I feel so much of it is just 
we're going to just play up whatever we can, and it's just the media doing an end zone dance. And, and yet it, it's not reflective of reality. So everything from what's going on in the schools to the gender transition or whatever, sex transition policies to the, uh, the die policies, diversity, inclusion, equity, to even the economics. They mentioned 15, 17, 4 uh, Nobel laureates. Well, one of those is Paul Krugman. Paul Krugman yeah. got a Nobel laureate when he said, you know, we need to invent like a, a space invasion from aliens because that would allow us to spend lots of money resisting this space invasion. And like World War II, it'll spin us out of uh, a recession. I mean, he you, was you mentioned space. You mentioned space invasion. Uh, big news. Russia is pulling out of the space station and they yeah. they actually control the piece that fuels the space station. They own that. And they're pulling like thirty five percent of it is theirs, yeah. Yeah, of the fuel that goes into that, so the energy that propels and sustains the uh, space station, uh, a large chunk of that is belongs to Russia, and they're pulling out of that for you know yeah. perhaps a whole host of reasons we don't even know about, but it certainly is is uh, you know troublesome uh, that when Biden takes leadership, we have a foreign policy that is just you know, falling apart at the seams. Well, yeah, uh, but, but it's just one more disaster among many. I mean, that wouldn't even bother me if there were so many of things not going right uh, domestically. Uh, and oh, I don't know absolutely. what they're going to do to get out of this. How do you get out of this except try to fund an insurgency, which is not going to continue forever in, in Ukraine? No, no, no. At some point, the people are going to wake up and no, they're going to be angry this, that they were used as pawns. This is a huge yeah. mess that was created in a matter of two years under Joe Biden and perhaps even a year under Trump where the COVID was unleashed. It was an attack on the world by China and the globalists and, you know, the lockdowns and everything else. What do we do then if China China does invade Taiwan? I'll be honest, I would probably do nothing, but what would you do then if China invades Taiwan? Now you've spent so much of your credibility, you know, in Afghanistan, in Ukraine, What do you do then? I mean, we've got nothing left. Right. Well, hey, thanks. We've got, for, we've got this. We've got the, We've got the spin machine. That's basically what we got left. That's it. You were so right about that. The fast, high-speed laser spin machine. Yeah. Hey, thanks for calling in today. <laughs> All right, thanks. All right. Take care. Thank you, Scott. All Bye. right. Well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today, and be sure to check out magapack.org. And find out how we're advancing America First policies to make America great again. Uh, It's all about America First. And that's what we believe in here on the Scott Adams Show. And we're doing it every single day. We're carrying this message out. And we can't do it without your support. Go over to magapack.org. Make a donation if you can. And also, if you go to mypillow.com, use Red State as your promo code. It helps us. And uh, we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. Just bury my kids right up to there.